man, Jesus, Holy Spirit, what are we going to do? I don't know what to do. You'll never hear God say, oh, my, me. But in the middle of a surprise, in the middle of something that has surprised you, God can surprise you as well. The enemy knew, and so he throws an attack surprise. Something happened to you or some, some report you got. Maybe the doctor's report said this. This isn't good. You have this or that. And here's the prognosis. Here's what it, and so it kind of took the wind out of yourselves, kind of took you back. You were surprised. Maybe you lost your job. I wasn't expecting that. So God, oh, that's, I mean, that's a surprise. Uh, maybe somebody betrayed you or, or something happened and, and it's just been, you weren't ready for it. Life is full of those kind of surprises sometimes. But you can't surprise God. The Bible says he's the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. He knew before it surprised you what was going to happen. You've got to understand this. God is all-knowing, right? You believe that? He's all-knowing. And see, we give the enemy... Uh, we pin a lot of things on God that was the enemy. And I'll, I'll show you here in just a second. We're going to look in the Bible... At Mark chapter 4, 3 through 9 from the New Living Translation. This is Jesus talking. He said, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed as he scattered it across the field. Some of the seed fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow, say shallow, soil and underlying rock. And the seed sprouted quickly, but because the soil was shallow, mm, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun and since it didn't have deep roots it died other seed fell among thorns and grew up choked out the tender plant so they produced no grain still other seeds fell on fertile say fertile and they sprouted grew and produced a crop that was 30 60 and even 100 times as much had been planted then he said anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand our first thought that i want to give you this morning is this it ain't over till god says it's over You'll get a surprise sometimes and, and the diagnosis or, or the word that comes to you is this is it. I mean, I, I know people, I don't know all of them personally, but I know certain people that were diagnosed or as this. You have, you know, this many weeks to live and yet they are still around today. 30 some years later, still alive, still breathing, still living for God. There are people, my father-in-law is one of those people where the doctor said, you have stage four prostate cancer. We can't do anything. We can't take it out. We can't operate. You can, we can't even do radiation. And that was six and a half years ago, and he doesn't have any cancer in his body. It ain't over till God says it's over. Galatians 6, 9 says, let's not get tired of doing what is good at just the right time. Do you hear? Do you, can you see that? At just the right time, we will reap a harvest blessing if we don't give up. He also said, fight the good fight of faith. You need to understand, there's going to be a fight. The enemy is not going to roll over and just say, go ahead. Go ahead, just live in blessing your whole life. Never have another worry. I'm going to just quit. I'm going to quit picking on you. That's not going to happen. So when stuff happens to you, you need to understand that God also known as the Waymaker, touch three people and tell them he's going to make a way, has already figured out the exit plan for you and the strategy to get you to where he needs you to be. It will work together for your good. The surprise on the other thing is going to be so good. In other words, I didn't like this happening to me. 
The enemy might have tried to attack me, but oh, the surprise is coming. Can you say, uh, well, you don't have to say this, but perception is so much part of the battle. Perspective and perception. You can perceive yourself as an L.W. Weenie loser. Or you can perceive yourself as more than an overcomer. It's perception. You can take your word for it, but I think I'd rather take God's word for it. My word isn't stopping anything, but his word, me saying his word, does. Because of the authority and the anointing and because of covenant, that works. So if I understand just because I'm taken off guard, I'm surprised. God has never been surprised. And so if I stick with him, this is going to work out. Romans 8, 28, one of my favorite scriptures. And we know that God causes everything. Maybe your Bible says this. And we know that God causes most things, some things, partial things, a couple of things, a thing or two. But it says everything. You look up the word everything, you know what that means? It means everything. That means the garbage that took you by surprise, your God's going to turn it around to work it out for your good. He's going to turn it around to work it out for your good. For those who love God and are called according to his purpose. I wish I had some help in here today. I wish I had somebody that would believe me to say, listen, I don't like what I'm going through, but I know my God's bigger than what I'm going through. The Bible says the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. We blame a lot of killing, stealing, and destroying on God. Well, God's just trying to teach me something. No, he's not. He doesn't kill, steal, or destroy. Now, God might be saying, look, I'm going to get you out of this. Can you trust me for that? Because greater is he that's in me, meaning God in you, than he that's in the world, meaning the enemy outside. Do you know you're in this world, but you're not really of this world? Did you know that the enemy's dominion is in this earth realm? But you have dominion over that because the authority given to you by Jesus? Did you know that? I'm going to come clear back here. Did you know that Furman? Furman knew that. You guys all know, because, you know, this is all the anointed section back here. I'm saying. And, and Evelyn, you knew that, didn't you? See, yeah. She's saying, just get up front, son. Just get up front. Listen to me. You have the authority to take everything that the enemy has stolen and start saying, you know what, God, I'm going to take, I'm going to surprise him. You ever, somebody ever broke in your house, do you want to surprise them? They don't want you to be awake. I'm going to wake some people up today. Jesus is about to show up and show out. He's got your back. Here's our second thought for this morning. Your faith will be tested. Your faith will be tested. Remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were being put to the test. Now, there's a lot of things that we could preach about these three guys. Okay? We got people in the world today and in past that have been martyred for their faith. But we got people now that won't come to church because it's raining outside. It's a little cold. Or I don't know. Or whatever. I, I understand all that, but this is bigger than that, who we serve. And I'll explain that in just a second. But these guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the king says this. He wants them to bow. 
I want you to worship the, this idol. And they said, no, we ain't going to do that. And he says, oh, yeah, you will. They say, oh, no, we're not going to do that. So they make up their mind. They're not going to do it. They said whether he throws them and he threatens to throw them in the furnace. They said, we still won't worship. They said, our God can deliver us. And even if he doesn't, we're not going to worship because that's not in our DNA right now. I know who I serve and that's who I serve. And they pretty much just put it out there. Now, I want to say this. The king says that ticks him off. Because they challenge his authority. So he makes the furnace seven times hotter than it was before. The people that actually threw these three guys in died because it's too hot. There ought to be a sign right there as the guys are going to throw them in. They die, but they don't. The guys being thrown in don't. But anyway, these guys are not your Larry Curly Moe. They're not the three stooges. They're not, or not bowing. They're not that. Sweetly. They're not doing it. These are, these are guys that are just like, you know what? I don't like the way this looks. This isn't what I was looking for. You ever been surprised? This isn't the way I wanted it to pan out. I imagine what's going through their mind is like, any time now, God, you, you can stop this any time now, please. That would be good. I mean, don't you ever want to know like why God had to be in the fire? Why did he just, every time they tried to light that fire, wouldn't you like the Holy Spirit just go, you just want blow it out i I don't even want to go through it so in the midst of this surprise i'm sure they're thinking man i'm praying i'm believing i was right god no matter what i'm kind of i feel like you you're still there right i mean i'm doing what you're telling me to do right i mean do you ever have questions like that in the middle of your surprise why i'm telling you jesus has never left you God is allowing some things to go on because he knows what's coming. You need to understand God is all knowing. The enemy is not. And this is a concept you have to. The enemy does not know everything. The enemy is a fallen angel. He's not omniscient. That's all knowing. He's not omnipresent. He can't be in every place at one time. God can. God knows the beginning from the end. So here's where the enemy, he does not know the end. He doesn't know the surprise that God has because you can't surprise God. Again, God's not going to go, uh-oh, I didn't see Lucifer doing that. Lucy, told you not to play that way. He doesn't, you can't surprise God. <clears throat> so God knows what's coming. Our third thought this morning, I'll spend a couple minutes on this. You're going to have to just trust God. You're going to have to just trust God. He knows what he's doing. The fire that they're being thrown in burnt the, the, the shackles off their wrists and off their feet. And now they're walking free in the fire. And the king looks in the fire and says, didn't we throw three guys in there? Didn't we throw three? There's four. And one looks like the son of God. I think Jesus is in there and he's looking in there to see. And Jesus is looking right back out at him going, I mean, and this guy's like, what? And he lets him out. And you, you know, the story is just these guys, this God is incredible. And so it witnesses. Now, here's now, listen, God didn't cause the fire. He went with them through the fire because he knew the outcome, the glory and the kingdom would be promoted. Do you realize now that the, the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, because of that situation. The whole kingdom changed. All the people saw Whose God was the best? You need to listen and trust the Lord. 
We want God to deliver us before the fire, don't we? I know I do. I don't want to have to go, God, can you just... But sometimes he shows up in the fire and uses the test as a testimony. And think about this. This testimony of these three guys, thousands of years later, we're still talking about it. Turn to three people you didn't come to church with and say, word to the Father. (laughs) I want you to understand you should be going through and it's not going to surprise God. It's not going to surprise God. But God could surprise you in the middle of whatever you're dealing with. He delivers people because he's the deliverer. And he gets pleasure. God gets pleasure out of taking bad situations and turning them and making the crooked way straight and turning them around for your good. You're going to have to renew your mind with the word of God. If I could quote Cy Roberts from Duck Dynasty, it's on like Donkey Kong. Or he would say, say, it's on like Donkey Kong. I'm telling you, if you would just understand, no matter what is happening to you, it didn't take God by surprise. No matter what's going on with your job, your house, your friends, your family, whatever, yourself, I'm telling you, God knows. So you're going to have to start trusting him. We are here as, as a church, and we're going after unchurched and de-churched people. Unchurched people are just people that haven't been to church. And they're just, you know, they've heard about church, but they've never been there, and they feel like they don't fit in, or they already feel judged for it. They were walking the door. De-churched people are kind of the, you know, the people that kind of have been to church, got burned somehow, maybe their own fault, maybe not. But they've just like, mm, they're doing the Diana Ross, hey, no, wait. I don't want to go in there. So we're reaching out. It should not surprise us, TLC, when drug dealers come in here and give their life to the Lord. Should not surprise us when alcoholics come in here and say, you know what? I've, I found freedom. It should not surprise us when addicts for any reason can find freedom. Come on, somebody. A good church is full of sinners and saints. We ain't all that in a bag of chips. We all need Jesus more each day. When we start going after people that need Jesus, that's when the bombing starts. That's when the enemy wants to try to surprise attack. That's when he, he watches you because, again, he can't, he can't, this is how he judges. He sees your reaction. He sees your response to his bombing. And if it is in his liking, he continues the bombing. Does that make sense to you? So that's how he knows. If you begin to speak death to your situation, you begin to speak worry, you begin to speak uh, just garbage and, and, and anxiety and, and, you know, just, oh, and then offense and bitterness. He's like, oh, bomb them, bomb them, bomb them. But I got news for you. If you will understand there's a God bigger than that and you can surprise the enemy by listening to God and start speaking the right stuff. You'll turn things around by the grace of God. I have people tell me sometimes, I don't believe there's a devil. Well, the devil told him to say that. Because <laughs> there's a devil, as sure as there's a devil, there's a heaven and there's a hell. It, it is what it is. It is in the word. It's there. But there's a God that wants to get you to your destiny. Quit fighting him. Sometimes we just fight the wrong party. I want to go through, if I got to go through something, I want to come out like I don't even smell like smoke. And part of that is my perception while I'm going through the fire. Because if I'm going through the fire, if I let my mouth yak too much, I got to watch what I say. 
Come on, is that helping anybody? We got to watch what we say when, when the heat gets turned. You know how wrinkles come out of your clothes? Heat. Steam. People say, can I, can I go to heaven if I smoke? You might beat us there, but yeah, I guess so. Because smoking is just nothing good for you. But we, we could go through all kinds of lists about all that kind of stuff. Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. And he was named Paul before, if you remember, uh, before he was named Saul. And he persecuted Christians. In other words, he went after him. He was killing Christians, thought he was doing what was right. Then he met Jesus. Didn't everything change when you meet Jesus? He met Jesus on this road, and then he learned about grace and mercy. And he, and he found out, man, i got to go about this different. I've been doing this all wrong. So God gives him a plan, and then he goes and recruits this guy named Silas. And so he gets Silas, and he tells Silas, hey, we're going to go on a tour. And, and he says, this is going to be great. We're going to go hotel living. We're going to eat out all the time, Chick-fil-A. Come on. So Silas goes with him. I don't know how he got him in there, but every, basically every jail cell from here to Jerusalem, wherever they were at, they get to visit. Probably not the best idea for what Silas was thinking. But they have to trust God. There are some people that just, they thrive on almost conflict. or It's, it's like they, they're afraid to be happy. Have you ever met these kind of people? That, you know, when things start going right, they, they struggle with it. Because I... There should be something wrong. I can't be having fun. That's, isn't that wrong? I mean, I can't have too much fun. I, I can't laugh. When's the last time you just fully laughed or just enjoyed something without being condemned or self-guilt? Come on. There are people out there that they just have to be, they're mad about something. You could hand them a $20 bill. And if, you know, it, say it was crinkled all up, they'd be mad. This bill is wrinkled. I don't think they care at Myers. You know, we, we have to get down to what is really real. We got to trust God. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. I'm more than a conqueror. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. Here's something that I feel. They might get formed, but they're not going to prosper. The enemy might show you, oh man, I'm going to use this. Go ahead. It's not going to prosper because of my stance on the word of God, because of the, my perception of what I have according to covenant. Covenant. Now, so Paul and Silas, back to them. They're in jail. They're locked up. <clears throat> it's not a good situation. Never been in jail. Visited jails. Don't like jails. But this is even nasty. This is like you know, seen in the movie. This is like Pirates of the Caribbean jail. This is like shackled to the wall. Rats and stuff running around. Stench. I mean, because in jail, this kind of jail, you can't go, excuse me, I have to go to the bathroom. They're not going to go, oh, yeah, well, here, here's your hall pass. It's the second room on the left. You only have two minutes. They're not going to do that. You're going to, I mean, that's just nasty. How long you're chained to the wall, you got to go to the restroom. You do the math. It's not good. So they're shackled. Their, their, Their feet are shackled. Their hands are shackled. But one thing that's not shackled is their mouth. So they began at midnight. They start praising, the God, praising God. They start saying, listen, listen to me. You've got to understand something. What can keep you from the love of God? Not height, nor depth, no things present or past. But God loves you no matter what. 
And if you could just praise him, and when I'm talking about praise him, don't be given voice to what you're going through, but praise him for his greatness when you're on the other side. Think about this. Think of the Israelites when they got to the other side, even though they didn't remember very well. They praised him. The, Lord, the horse and the rider thrown into the sea. Remember when they crossed the Red Sea? They, they sang that song, I will sing unto the Lord for he... Well, I don't know if they did it in that chorus, but you know what I'm saying. The horse and the rider thrown into the sea. The Lord my God, my strength, my song. They, they praised him for what he had done. If you don't remember or you don't even know what he's going to do because he might surprise you, then praise him for what he's done. Be like David. Hey, he helped me get the lion. He helped me get the bear. This will be no different. And so start being praiseful. The Bible says that everyone, turn to your neighbor and say everyone, was freed, walked out. Not just Paul and Cyrus. That means all these other guys, even the ones that didn't even know God, they're going, whoa, this is because God is not just after this elite club. He's after mankind. He's after everyone. He doesn't want anyone to perish. Maybe you're in prison right now. Maybe you're addicted to something. Alcohol, cigarettes, crack, cocaine, heroin, pornography. I don't know. But I know there's a God that can hear you. There's a God that is listening. Turn up your test and turn it into a testimony. Start saying, you know what, God? I don't know how you're going to do this, but I know you're greater in me than he that's in the world. Father, I thank you for when you're going to turn this around. I thank you, God, that I won't even smell like smoke. I thank you, Lord, that I hear your voice. He doesn't want you just to have a mediocre life, just to exist. You see, we have people that just live their life for things and stuff, but they won't get you any answers. You can get enjoyment out of stuff for a while, but it's shallow. He wants to fill you with his spirit. The Bible says you can get wisdom from his spirit. Your spirit and God's spirit connects. That means what you don't know, God does. And he can say exactly what to do. Brett, the enemy's coming up right over there. I don't want you to go there. I want you to go right here. You know, that's so amazing that God can do that stuff. That's why he can say, Joseph, get up. It's time for you to leave. Get married. Get the baby. It's time for you to go. Why? Because the enemy had planned something else. But because God knows, surprise, get up. You see, God, you got to understand the enemy because he is an angel fallen again he goes by reaction that's why i believe that god does things like this he told peter he said you know we need to pay taxes the first fish you catch you go look in its mouth there'll be a gold coin use it to go pay the taxes for you and for me you can find that in the bible sounds pretty why was it the first fish i mean jesus told him what to do what did peter know how to do what was peter doing for a living so could peter do that Sure, God's not going to tell you to do something that you can't do. So he told Peter what to do. He told him where to go. Go down to the lake. Go right here. First fish you catch. Why was it fish number one? I'm telling you it's fish number one because if it would have been the hundredth fish, I think the enemy would have caught on after about 15 of those. No. 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 Something's in the fish. Something's in the fish. God is looking for people that will just listen. And and some of the things God may tell you may not make sense. I need you to go this way home. I need you to do this. I need you to give to that person. I need you to sow into the church. I need you to do this. Whatever it is, you need to listen to what God is telling you to do. 
When you look at a group picture, who's the first person you look for? You. That's natural. I mean, we just look for, oh, there I am. I don't like that picture. That's a bad, because that's what you want to look. Oh, I don't know. Oh, that's a bad picture. You know, and other people are like, you look great in that picture. No, look at that. No, that's a winter outfit. I'm not, I'm a summer. I don't really know about that, but I'll ask my wife. I said, can I wear this? She goes, no. Why can't I wear that? Because that's a winter. What's the month we're in? It's not about the month we're in. She knows fashion. I do not know fashion. <laughs> I'd be out here in a pair of Bermuda shorts, black socks, and sandals. You'd all be having fun, wouldn't you? No, you would not. <laughs> The enemy knows you're so close to reaching your goal, he's trying to stop you. He's trying to get you to quit. He's trying to get you to be tired and just give up. But Pastor Brett, my checkbook's empty. My gas tank's on on E. Life is crazy. My husband is lazy. Don't look at your man right now. I don't have any more patience. I don't know what to do. I just feel like I'm going to go crazy. Have you ever felt like that? Ever felt like you just want to lose it? Just want to go crazy? I've, I've had that feeling before. I'm going to tell you something, and this is going to sound kind of silly, but I want you to listen and listen to the heart behind it. I don't want you to go crazy. I want you to go crazy. Seriously. I want you to be like right when you feel like, ah, and you know, I mean, and you just want to go, hey, let me create some other words here. I want you to go crazy. My wife gave an example today in the first service. It's a great example. If I told you all to count to 25 mentally, don't say it out loud, but I want you to just count. Don't stop and just start counting to 25. And then it, when you got to about four, five, six, or seven, I'd say, okay, now I want you to say this. You cannot keep mentally going to 25 because now you've got to say something. This is a key, and I want you to hear what I'm trying to say. There's a lot of things that you can say out of your mouth. The Bible says life and death are in your mouth so when you're about to go crazy go crazy instead of turning it to the enemy because the enemy just wants to do that dun 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 and he's already lit the fuse i won't go through the whole song so <laughs> keep taylor in here <laughs> You need to go crazy. You need to be like when he doesn't make him pay. Make him pay. God, you supply all of my need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that I can do all things through you that strengthens me. And you start declaring, Father, I just praise you. Man, you're great. You are greatly to be praised. And the enemy's probably going to be like, okay, okay, hey, hey, hey. That's how people get free. Because you have to change the channel. When you worry and you are anxiety-driven or worry-driven, you have your mind going, hmm, you're never going to make it. You, you're like the, what's the donkey's name uh, on, uh, yeah, that's him. Oh, we'll have to find another place. I mean, he's just like you just want to slap him. Start saying something else. Because you can interrupt those worry thoughts by changing the channel. You can change it by, by saying it. Then you can't think about those. Now you're changing what you're thinking about. God is about to surprise you. He's about to, he wants to surprise you. Are you going to let him? Or are you going to just keep, speak death to stuff? 
How many surprises have we have we missed because we've just allowed the Lord? No, no, no. This is my lot in life. Come on, quit speaking that. I will. I think you should do the pointer, sisters. I'm so excited and I just can't hide it. I'm about to lose control and I think I like it. Oh, yeah. I am the only wound up person in this building. God wants to surprise you in the middle of your surprise. He wants to come in and say, do you trust me? But God, it doesn't look good. Do you trust me? God, all these things are against me. Do you trust me? He had to tell Gideon. Gideon's like, you know, I got all these dudes. We're going to go fight. God said, you got too many dudes. Everybody thinks something else. No, tell these guys if they're afraid they can go home. Huh? Do you trust me? All right, go home. The guys that drink this way and the guys that drink that way, only the ones that drink this certain way, keep those guys. Ends up 300 guys. It doesn't have to look like odds the way you want to see them. If God before you, you have a majority, my friend. God is with you. He is on you. He is in you. Devil, look out. There's a new sheriff in town. Information, you can get some power, knowledge, wisdom. Spend time with God. Do you have a prayer language? Use it. Talk in your prayer language. And it connects God's spirit with your spirit. It's in there. And when you do that, the Bible says he drops secrets to you. He tells you things. And sometimes you don't even, you know, you don't necessarily know everything because I don't have to because I'm trusting him. But when I need to know it, you ever have your mom and dad say, you're on a need to know basis. When you need to know, I'll tell you. (laughs) Just trust him. Sometimes we don't need to know everything. If you knew it, you'd mess it up. Come on. You would. I would. So we just need to say, all right, God, help me. The Bible says that we need to watch. There's some people that, and you love them, and you can still love everybody, but there's some people that are just shallow. Hey, would you come over here? We're having a pity party and I wanted you to join me. Don't join it. Cancel it. I, I'm canceling your pity party. Thank you. Just begin to say, you know what? I'm going to believe God for that with you. I'm going to believe for more than that with you. The Bible says, though I walk through the shadow of death or the shadow of the valley of death. Do you know a shadow never killed anybody? Peter's shadow healed people. I want to start talking about good ground. Good ground. The Bible talks about 30, 60, and 100. If we so, we read that in the beginning. I don't want you to live your life in 30%. 30%. I'm not talking about just finance. I mean just 30% happiness. When you want your kid to be happy, do you want to see them happy or do you want to see them 30% happy? How about 60? Eh, that's like 10% over half. I want 100%. If I'm going to be, I want to be happy. You know, my, my wife is constantly, because she loves me, but she is constantly, I am like, woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. The wonderful thing about tickers. This ticker's a wonderful thing. Their tops are made out of rubber. Their bottoms are made out of spring. They're bouncy, 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 fun, 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 fun. Hey, the wonderful thing about tickers is I'm the only one. And you know what? God is so good. My son-in-law is a ticker too. 
So between Mallory and, and my wife, they're like, dear Jesus. She'll be, we'll be somewhere, and I know I'm thinking it. Justin will just do it. And Mal will be like, no, no, no. You need to live your life happy. You need, this place needs to be a drawing spot for people to be like, what is going on? It's not because of the speaker. It's not because, of, it's because God in you. It is because God in you, in us. And he's got a surprise. No matter what you're facing, no matter what the enemy's done, no matter what he's put up in front of you, you need to lean on God. It's time to surprise him. Teach your family this. God is first in all you do. He's first every week. He's first all week. He's first every day. He's first in where you live, where you work. He's first at the gym. He's first on the ball field. He's numero uno. He's number one. He's head honcho. He's big cheese. He's the real godfather. I'm just trying to tell you. He's the one that has your back. Do you trust him? He told Peter, Peter, will you feed my sheep? Do you love me? Do you know involved in love is trust? Do you trust me? Lord, you know I do. Feed my sheep. Your children are looking for someone that is sold out for God. Not, not fake. Not just, hey, you know, bless God. I'm just, oh, you know. But I'm saying they're totally, they live that way. And it doesn't mean they're free of mistakes. doesn't mean they never say anything wrong. doesn't mean they, they never do anything wrong. But it means they are quick to repent. They are quick to forgive. And they're quick to obey. See, we got a society now that we have to do everything because people don't want to go to church. We have to because it's a sight and sound driven generation. Everything's media driven. Well, and, and I love TV church. I do. I, I have some favorite preachers like I don't think there's anything wrong with liking them. I don't think there's anything wrong with watching them. But if you are not, not coming to church because you just don't want to come, you're missing out. Because you don't have that interaction. You're, you're not actually obeying the word. You're, you're kind of saying, well, I'll do it, everything, but I'm not doing that. The Bible says don't to forsake the assembling. Don't to forsake. There's a good word for you. Don't to forsake. It's not like I'm, yeah, don't to forsake it. Mm. <laughs> I'm from a Germany. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> don't forsake the assembly. Don't forget. Don't get together because I need you and you need me. Hey, I need you to pray for something. Or what if you're just, you need somebody to just say, hey, will you just hang with me for a bit? You need that. And the problem is, I mean, if, but, but Brett, I love Joel. So do I. Tape him. Record him. But get yourself to church. Not because of obligation. Because of your heart. Because you find out that, you know what? See, this is what happens. Because this is how the world lives. And this is why you're different. The world will come to church when they get surprised. I, God, I wouldn't. If you get me out of this, I'll, I'll straighten my life up and I'm coming to church. I've been to church four weeks in a row and I got the bulletins to prove it. It's good to be at church, yes. But if the only reason that we need God is when we're in trouble... We've missed something along the way. Can I just be as honest as I can? 
You know what I love about my family and about my wife? Colossians 2.10 says that God completes us. I can't really complete her, nor can I complete them. God has to be that completer. But we hang out together, listen, because we want to. She wants to be around me. And that, I draw from that. Do you trust him? Are you at a place where you're saying, God, I only need you when I need you, and then I just want you to shut up and leave me alone. We got people that do that. We have people that, and God loves them, and he never changes. He always loves them, but they only need him when things are bad. And we could all probably go, yeah, I can think of that. But before we put somebody else's name in there, we've all been guilty of that too. Isn't it in the times where the surprise hits? You prayed more? You got closer? Let me say this and then I'm going to close. I think you should support some, some ministries on TV. I do. I don't have anything against those. I mean, certainly be selective. <clears throat> but I do think that you should come to church. But I think you should come to not out of forced, but out of a relationship. Even if it's just you determining, I know there's something behind it, so I need to be there. The Bible says that he can do above all we could ever ask or think. Now I'm, I'm finishing up. Think about Joseph on the way to the palace. He doesn't know he's going to the palace, does he? He gets sold into slavery. All along Joseph's life, he's got pits. And they're bad pits, not Brad pits. They're bad pits. He's got stops all along the way. But in the midst of all of those stops, he doesn't go crazy. There's no record of him, but he goes crazy. He begins to do what God has called him to do and there's unprecedented favor on him and they put him in charge of everything. Wonder if there's something there, my friends. Wonder if we would put life in our mouth and begin to praise God for the end result and not the surprise we're in right now. Not magnifying the trouble, but magnifying the promise. Can I say this? you got to show up to grow up. We need to be bold enough to prove to our, ourselves that this relationship is worth it. Most of us love ourselves, but we need to love God more, obviously. But the Bible talks about in these last days, there'll be people that are lovers of themselves. I don't want to be unbalanced in that. I don't want to put myself above. I want to leave a legacy for my children. Now I'm going to say, and I, again, I am closing. My kids had asked me when they were little, 
they just little. And I think my sister could probably say her kids would ask her as well. And my wife and I, we could say this, and, and uh, my future grandkids may ask me. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but they said, Daddy, this is, this is my boys. Because my favorite Disney movie is Peter Pan. Okay. So this is what, and then my boys love that. So when we took them to Disney World, they dressed up like Captain Hook and Peter Pan, and I still can see Zach shadow knife fighting in on Main Street. It was, it was one of those moments as a parent. I'm just like, man, I just want to pick him up and squeeze him till his eyes pop out, you know. Just. <laughs> but we were talking one day, and I told him a story, and one of them looked at me. And they were just with those, those eyes, those wonderful eyes. Daddy, Jesus is coming back, isn't he? Yes, son, he is. Do you know when, Daddy? I, I don't know when. And the other one would be Sam. He said, when he comes back, Daddy, we're, we will go, right? Do you have Jesus in your heart? Yes, we do. Then you will go. To which Zach looks at me and says, Dad, I said, what? Will we fly like Peter Pan? <laughs> I said, we will. And they both, their eyes went. You know, Brett, why are you telling me that? Because there's a great surprise coming. I don't know when he's coming back. My boys are grown now, married. But they'll never forget that. He is coming back. And I want you to be ready. Because the enemy doesn't want you to go. But God does. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?